0: Hello Hawks fans and welcome to another edition of the Kettlecast. Been a while, but I wanted to come back, start a new season of the Kettlecast with a new season of the Atlanta Hawks. Two thousand eighteen is gonna be a very pivotal season for the Hawks. There are a lot of changes and there's no better way to start this season than talking about the summer of Schlink this 2018 summer is going to prove to be a huge summer in the history of the Atlanta Hawks. We're just going to go through it, kind of what happened this summer, why I think this is the summer of Schlenk, and where that leads us to right now. After the 2017-2018 2000, season, the Atlanta Hawks were kind of quickly shifted to make big changes in their team, and it started with the coaching. Coach Budenholzer, who had led the Hawks to one of their winningest seasons of all time in the 60 win season was given permission to go interview for other head coaching jobs. At first, he went to Phoenix and he went and talked with the Toronto Raptors about their vacancy and he ended up eventually landing a job with the Milwaukee Bucks and After Coach Bud went and interviewed for the Phoenix job, he was still under contract with the Hawks. I think the Hawks were trying to see if they could get any compensation for him leaving for a coach still being under contract and going to sign with another team. But it became clear that the Hawks wouldn't be able to start their coaching search if there was uncertainty about what they were doing with Coach Budenholzer, if he was going to come back what exactly they were trying to do with him going and interviewing while still under contract, which was not a very normal situation. They eventually let him go, and like I said, he ended up signing with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he pretty much took his entire group of assistants with him. Also, the Hawks were able to move up in the lottery with their record last year. They had the fourth worst record in the NBA tied with the Dallas Mavericks, And they actually lost a coin flip with the Mavericks where their most likely position they were going to be drafting from was five. And the Hawks were able to move up in the lottery to get the third pick, which was huge. Which is to get in that top three and be able to pick whoever you want just gave them a lot of flexibility and really allowed the Hawks to get the player that they really wanted. That was kind of some good luck good luck heading into this summer. And the Hawks did a pretty wide search in their own coaching search. A lot of their interviews were with young coaches who had not necessarily been head coaches before. They interviewed Darvin Ham from the assistant staff of Olzer who had been with the team with, for a while, and a lot of other young and up-and-coming coaches, but eventually settled on Lloyd Pierce, who Schlink had worked with at Golden State. And you can go on YouTube and see Coach Pierce running some draft picks through a workout while he was with Golden State, and he was at Golden State the same time as Schlink was. And most recently, last season... Lloyd Pierce was an assistant coach with the 76ers where he ran he was the defensive coordinator for the 76ers and was kind of given a lot of autonomy by Brett Brown the 76ers coach to run their defense, decide what they were going to do on defense and get the team to do that. Under Pierce, the 76ers had a very good defense. Joel Embiid was a defensive player of the year candidate, ultimately not getting it because Rudy Gobert did and the The defense that the 76ers played really propelled them into the playoffs. Just some things to know about Lloyd Pierce is he's a young coach. This is his first head coaching job. He's bringing a lot of energy and really hands-on stuff to the Hawks. I mean, he, like I said, you can go and see him running players through the workout for the Golden State. He was very involved in running a lot of the high draft picks or potential high draft picks that the Hawks were considering through their workouts. He really was involved in working out Trey Young and seeing if Trey would be able to handle the physicality that is at the NBA level. There's a couple interviews up on YouTube about Trey being asked what it was like to go up against your coach in those workouts. So he brings a very hands-on approach. He brings a lot of things, obviously, from the 76ers, including their four-point line, which is a line beyond the three-point line that helps players focus on their spacing. Lloyd Pierce, obviously, is a huge part of this summer and what happens to the Hawks going forward. Next came the draft, and there is a lot, as with any draft, and especially with Twitter now. There was a lot of rumors going around on what players were going one, two, and three, and a lot of people, myself included, thought that Luka Doncic was the clear number one pick in this draft. A lot of basketball people felt like DeAndre Ayton was clear number one and with the Kings having the number two pick, the Kings could pretty much do anything and people would not be surprised. As it the draft got closer and closer it became very clear that DeAndre Ayton was gonna go number one, that the Kings were kind of open to do whatever they wanted after Ayton. As I said, I really was hoping the Hawks would draft Luka Doncic, who is a European player who had just won the M V P of the Euro League. His team had won the championship. He had really played well in the EuroLeague tournament, where he played alongside Goran Dragic, he just has a list of acc- accolades that normally doesn't come with an 18-year-old player, especially a 6'6 to 6'7 player with a stout player like that who sees the court extremely well. As those first two picks happened where DeAndre Ayton was the number one pick and then the Kings ended up going with Bagley it became clear that Luka Doncic would be the number three pick, um, and the only question was, is would he be traded? And ultimately, the Hawks traded Luka, uh, the third pick, for the fifth pick that the Mavericks had and the Mavericks' first-round pick next year. The Mavericks selected Trey Young for the Hawks at that, with that number five selection. Trey Young instantly becomes a very important part of the Hawks future just being a number three pick especially at a position of point guard which is so deep in the NBA to be a good team in the NBA you have to have a good point guard frankly I was upset with the Hawks with the pick I'm a season ticket holder of the Hawks and they had a wonderful event down at the Tabernacle seeing Luca put on the Atlanta Hawks hat and walk across the stage but getting the updates from Woj And knowing that he was never going to be an Atlanta Hawk, I was really upset. I walked out of the event just because he was my number one pick. Saying that, I liked Trey Young a lot. I think Trey is going to be a great player, and he probably was the second player on my board. I just think that having a player who, like I said, you have to have a good point guard in the NBA because it's such a deep position, especially one like Trey Young who passes the ball extremely well and shoots the ball extremely well is a good place to start for a a team. So although initially I was extremely upset I can understand wanting to get another draft pick especially getting one from a team in the west where the west is going to be so difficult and that draft pick could end up being a top 10 pick and getting the player who is at least number two on your draft board, that could be good value. There was a little bit of talk of if ownership had pushed for Trey Young as a way to bring some excitement to the Hawks and that a European player wouldn't be as exciting as Trey Young, who had been so good at the college level and had really captured the attention of the nation for a little while. And there are obvious comparisons to Uh, Steph Curry from Golden State and from where Travis Schlint came from. There were a lot of comparisons. Are the Hawks trying to build their own version of the Warriors? But I do think that Trey Young is a special talent, especially passing. His vision is pretty incredible. I I think it was a, a great pick. I am really high on Luka Doncic and was upset that they didn't pick him. With the next pick, the Hawks had the 19th pick as well. They drafted shooting guard Kevin Herter from Maryland. He had come in and had a workout with the Hawks. He ended up having one more workout, I think, with the Lakers. Before shutting down, he had a procedure on his hand. There was some question or some thought that he was shutting down because he had some sort of promise from one of these teams in the first round that he would be drafted by them and he was connected a lot with the Hawks he has comparisons to Klay Thompson and with both the comparisons to Klay Thompson for Herder and Curry for Trey Young it's just incredibly unfair to compare these kids to players who are two of the greatest three-point shooters in NBA history the Hawks had the final pick in the first round. They had gotten this from the Rockets, and they drafted Omari Spellman from Villanova, a big man who, again, unsurprisingly, is known for shooting threes and also for being a big personality. Finally, the Hawks had a the thirty fourth pick, which they ultimately traded to the Hornets for two second round picks. the a 2019 second-round pick and a 2023 second-round pick in the future. And it was clear, even going into the draft, that the Hawks were never going to have four rookies they drafted on this roster. I think Schlink had said that with a team composition, you don't want that much of your team to be rookies. And there was going to be some sort of a trade, and there was a little bit of talk during the draft that the Hawks may have combined 34 and 19 or 30 and 19 to move up from that 19th pick to to get another player. But Herter was the guy that they were targeting and they didn't need to move up to get him. And to be honest, I think Spellman probably would have been available at 34. So a package of 30 and 19 to get a player that they wanted. They probably got all the guys that they were really targeting. So that was the draft. After the draft, it was instantly... Talked about it. How Dennis Schroeder and Trey Young would coexist, both being point guards, and with drafting Trey Young so high, you expect him to be starting from the beginning of the season. And Dennis is an established starter. What was that relationship going to be like? And Lloyd Pierce came out and said he right after the pick he had called Dennis and talked to him about what his role would be. And so there was a little talk about could Dennis and Trey coexist in the same backcourt or in the same environment but that was actually quickly became just a non-debate because the Hawks traded for Jeremy Lynn from the Brooklyn Nets getting these two point guards it just became very clear that the Hawks were going to find some way to trade Dennis Schroeder really to me there was only one place that made sense to trade Dennis Tan, and that was to the Oklahoma Thunder because the Thunder wanted to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo's contract is so big that the only positive asset they could possibly get for it if they didn't want to just waive him is Dennis Schroder, a young point guard who kind of has been maligned as a starter but guard who you might be getting at a by low situation in, it. in in both these situations I think in regards to Carmelo and Dennis, they're both being traded at their lowest values, but the Hawks completed a t- three-team trade where they gave up Dennis Schroeder and Mike Muscala, and they received Justin Anderson and Carmelo Anthony. Dennis went to the Thunder to back up Westbrook, and Muscala actually ended up on the 76ers, where he is kind of filling in the vacancy that Urson Eliasovia left when he went to join Coach Budenholzer with the Milwaukee Bucks. To be honest, I think the Hawks did a good job here. I mean, they had made it clear that Dennis was not part of their future and being able to get a player like Justin Anderson who brings some continuity from the 76ers and some familiarity with Coach Pierce's system and can actually be part of the rotation. He's a really good defender and he can shoot the three. Is is great, and he'll be able to connect with some of the guys in that locker room by shipping Dennis out. It really clears the way for Trey Young to start. Getting Jeremy Lin just provides a very solid veteran who is probably better than he's shown the last couple of years, where he's dealt with injury. Allows the Hawks to have some flexibility because I think Jeremy Lin and Trey Young can be on the court at the same time. Carmelo was never going to be a part of the Hawks. He had a no trade clause in his contract and he agreed to this this trade only because the Hawks agreed that they would waive him as soon as they got him. Carmelo was able to go and sign with the Houston Rockets. He did request that he get his jersey as an Atlanta Hawk, but he was never going to be a Hawk. I... It is a bummer to see both Dennis and Mike Muscala go. They they were selected in the same draft. Dennis had started as this kind of unknown kid from Germany, super sub for the great 60 win Hawks team to taking the starter role from Jeff Teague after Jeff Teague was traded. He was never really celebrated in Atlanta. He Uh, could be frustrating on the court. It was funny because Jeff Teague was always frustrating because it seemed like he wasn't trying all the time or giving full effort, which I think was unfair to him. But there was no doubt that Dennis was trying as hard as he could on the court, but he seemed to rub uh, even teammates the wrong way. He just never really connected with the fan base as well as I thought he should with for being this young point guard he had to carry such an offensive load especially this last year that he really let his defense slip from where it was when he was coming off the bench at the same time I still think he was kind of at least an average NBA point guard and I think he's going to the perfect situation for him where he's backing up Russell Westbrook who apparently is one of his favorite players he can be that super sub again and kind of help the second unit for the Thunder really score a lot of points and have someone who isn't the same as Westbrook but has the same mentality and will just will or want, I should say, want to win. So it'll be interesting to see how he does coming off the bench for the Thunder. And with Westbrook just having a procedure, they're going to really need Dennis to play well from the beginning. And then Mike Muscala. I mean, what can you say about the guy? He was a complete fan favorite. The Moose goggles he threw up whenever Corver hit a three. His ability just—he—he he got better every year, and it was amazing to see the second-round pick really become a a real rotation player on the Hawks. And he just was half of the uh, road-tripping ATL podcast with him and Baysmore and. Um, he was just a fun guy to have on the Hawks, and his dad would come and stand in the six-man section. And his dad was very open with the fans, and and really embraced Atlanta the Atlanta team. And it was fun to have Mike on the on the team. I think my favorite Mike Muscala moment was definitely I think it was a couple seasons ago against the Cavs, the Hawks got down by about a billion points at the beginning of the game and were able to fight back and take the game into overtime. In overtime at the end, Mike got the ball in the corner right in front of the Cavs bench and I think LeBron had fouled out or wasn't in the game for some reason. Mike took the shot three-pointer to put the Hawks ahead and there you could just see LeBron knew the ball was going in. A couple guys were jumping at uh, Muscala, and he just nailed the shot, and that really sealed the game for the hawks and It's just kind of ridiculous comeback and in that same game, he had this dunk over LeBron where it was this nasty dunk, but he he really crashed to the ground and he took he fell on his back and and really it looked like he hurt himself, but he was able to come back and hit that that three pointer at the end of the game but he was a complete fan favorite. Everybody loved uh, Muscala, whether you called him Musky or Moose, or uh, you were throwing up the Moose goggles as with him. But he he's going to, like I said, fill in that Urson Ilyasova stretch big for the Seventy Sixers, and the Seventy Sixers have a lot of expectations. So I'm happy that Mike will get a chance to be a contributor on a really good team. So that trade, like I said, really cleared the way for Trey Young to. To become the face of this young Hawks team. The rest of this summer was a lot of signings for the Hawks they signed a couple former fifth picks in Alex Lynn and Thomas Robinson. Alex Lynn coming over from Phoenix as a center who's only 25 years old and Thomas Robinson is a forward who uh, last played for the Lakers they also signed Cole Aldrich, a big man from who just played with the Timberwolves and can't go through this summer without talking about how the Hawks signed Vince Carter to play his 21st season in the NBA. Obviously, he's part of bringing him to the Hawks is to mentor, again, this really young team whose leaders are really Torian Prince, John Collins, who's going into his second year. So, Vince should be able to you know really mentor these guys and uh, his 21st season I know DeAndre Bembry has talked about how Vince Carter is one of his favorite players at the very least Vince should bring a level of professionalism to the team and be able to show these young guys what it takes to be in the NBA for 21 seasons I also think that the proximity the Hawks have to NBA TV where Vince has been a very good contributor and analyst in his downtime, probably contributed to him selecting the Hawks. Another thing that happened for the Hawks is the arena got a new name. They changed their sponsor from Phillips to State Farm, and it is now the State Farm Arena. The renovations are supposed to be finished this summer, and the Hawks are all excited that they've done this huge renovation, kind of following arena slash stadium building trends in the last couple years where there's a lot of viewing angles from everywhere and it's much more social gathering area versus everyone being in their seats to watch their game and I think that'll be a very positive thing for fans and hopefully it'll be a good way to bring in fans. I think some of these signings have really Shown that they are the Hawks are interested in bringing fans and generating fan interest by signing players like Vince Carter and bringing Jeremy Lin in. I mean, having Vin Sanity and Lin Sanity in the same city, we'll see what sort of sanity that brings to the team. Obviously, summer league happened, and the Hawks participated in two summer leagues. They played in the Utah Summer League and the Las Vegas Summer League, and I will talk about the summer league performances a little in a upcoming kettle cast but to wrap up this episode the hawks were able to have their media day yesterday september 24th they had their media day and i it was good to see all the guys i think every player was there except for cole aldrich and then today the hawks started their training camp and cole Aldridge was present at that the hawks had previously been forced to go to University of Georgia to do their training camp and now that they have this state-of-the-art practice facility this is the first year that they have their training camp at the same place where they practice this beautiful practice facility that they share with Emory so this was a very big summer like I said for the Atlanta Hawks Travis Schlenk put his stamp all over this team and this is his vision of what they are to be